Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry. Joining me from Hedgesville, West Virginia, virtually is Mr. Darren Shrewsbury, Jr. Darren, how are you this Black Friday? Doing all right today. Staying home away from any potential madness. You're a few pounds lighter, I understand it. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Got that haircut. You can't see it. This is a podcast, but still, it's worth noting. It's a good joke. I can't <laughs> Yeah. I had two McGriddles, a donut, and a, and a Dunkin' coffee. I'm a few pounds heavier. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. Uh, let's, see, let's get to the serious stuff here. There is serious discussion. We're not talking about the vaccine. Well, we might, but we're not talking about that yet. The Patriots lose the Texans in the most inexplicable fashion. They didn't show up for a team that we thought would be going into this game with every intention to win it, and they probably did. I'm not down to try to win it, but the Texans looked like they really wanted to win it, and they did. Mm-hmm. What went wrong? Uh, I, I don't... Darren? They just... For... Oh, hello? I hear you. Darren? Uh-oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I guess you can't hear me. He can't hear me. Oh, okay. We appear to have lost Darren. Can, can, I assume you cannot hear me. I hear you now. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you, okay. I could hear you. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me, apparently. Uh, you were <laughs> breaking up like we were going through a tunnel, and I'm like, there's not a tunnel in that house. Uh-oh. Yeah, who who knows here anymore? <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, okay, what went wrong? That's where we were at. Yes. Um, they They abandoned what has been working for them, and they totally... They they totally neglected to realize that they were playing the worst rushing defense in the league. And now, granted, Cam managed to throw almost you know, what close to three hundred seventy-five yards, uh, but still, you. I don't against, want him doing that. You're against the worst rushing defense in the league. Why in the world did your game plan not be built around that? Well, they started off doing it, and they abandoned it like after the first quarter. It's like, guys, it I, worked. You scored a first quarter. You scored a first drive point, and then you just went haywire. Yeah, it 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 made zero sense to me. I, I looked at you know the information I could because this game was going on and ending right as I got home, and I'm like, it just it doesn't make any sense. Like I, I fully expected that Deshaun Watson would be you know as dangerous as he ended up being, um, but they didn't seem to do anything to try to to stop that and offensively they were like meh just have cam chuck it like under no scenario do i want my quarterback chucking it 40 or 50 times a game especially when you have a running uh, one of the top running uh offenses in the league but i'll I'll give you i'll give you one more i don't want doing that when jj watt can just pin his ear back and go get you exactly i don't want no i want to neutralize that texans front and how do you do that? You pound down their throat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it, it, I saw a few people comment on this, and I, I didn't personally, again, watch this all to, to understand or to be able to, to agree or disagree. But some people made the comment that the defense – so this was Gilmore's first game back in a couple of weeks, correct? Right. Um, the according to these couple, you know, or a slew of the comments. Sometimes the the slew of comments actually have a point. Uh, they were making the point that um, the defense seemed to slack a bit, knowing that Gilmore was back and would be able to 
seemingly account for that. Um, but this defense has been uh, had been performing fairly well without him. You'd think they'd been performing better, but no, they performed worse, seemingly. I, I, I'm uh, wrong because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the mentality of all those guys was, but here's the thing. You're getting the reigning defensive player of the year in the, in the NFL back, and you've been playing fairly lights out the last few weeks, and your team is in desperation mode. You were 4-5 and five when you in that game. You needed to win this game to have any realistic start making the playoffs. You needed to win that mm-hmm. game, and you didn't show up. The strength of the team did not show up. The offense went away from its strength. At one point, Cam was the leading passer in the league on Sunday mm-hmm. for the whole week. As he beat out Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray on Thursday night. And before the four o'clock games, Cam was a leading passer in the entire league for the game week. That's not what this team is. Exactly. You as a defense have to show up. Because here's the thing. You're facing what if the Texans had a winning record, and I saw this somewhere else. The Texans had a winning record, Deshaun Watson would be in the MVP conversation. And we know he's that good. You know mm-hmm. he's that good. You've seen him multiple times. Yep. You lost that same game down there to the same quarterback, to the same basic team last mm-hmm. year. Only difference is head coach. You lost. You know how good he is. And apparently didn't even register on anyone he was going to be that good. And it should. Deshaun Watson is someone you cannot, cannot take a playoff for, and it looks like they took a, play, a few plays off and it burned yeah. them. I mean, they, it, this was a perfect example of it seeming like they just played down to their, to their opponent. And that's not even saying that Houston is inherently bad. Their records suggest they're bad, but we know, we know impa- uh, uh, imperatively that they are not that bad. They've lost basically all of their games by single digit or single scores. They, they could be seven and three. Exactly. They could be right up there. So they they looked at that record and said, it's a nothing. We're going to beat these guys. But then you look at the Patriots record and go, you're four and five. I don't think you have that much room to be cocky. And it seems like you they have were no trying right. to be cocky. That flying elbows on your, head, on your helmet means nothing this year. Bill Belichick is going to drill, drill that into you. and he... What did Bill always say when it was after the Super Bowl win? We're not defending. We're going to win another mm-hmm. one. What you did in the past means nothing. You have to earn it this year, and this team hasn't. Exactly. Whether it was whether it was equipped to or not is irrelevant. It hasn't. Simple as that. I agree. So I will ask you this before I present you with the other information, because I can do that. <laughs> uh, is the Patriots season over? I, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna stick with my. I am leaning more towards the yes. It's over. There's always the chance that it won't be over, uh, but I'm going to op- continue operating on the on my gut feeling that this season is, for all intents and purposes, over. What well, if I told you there was way they could still win the AFC East? Well, let's hear that way. All right. So I did this. I did my maths, as they say in Britain. Uh, yes. Uh, earlier, because I remember I listened to the BBC like five days this week, so I'm kind of in that mm. mood. Uh, here's the thing, though: the Bills have played four division games. They are four now. They have both at the Patriots and the Dolphins at home, week 16 and 17 remaining in the division. 
The Patriots have played three division games, are two and one, and they have at the Dolphins in week 15, home of the Bills and home of the Jets in week 16 and 17. The Dolphins are two and, are one and two in the division and play the Jets this week. You assume they get to two and two. And they have the Patriots in week 15 and the Bills on the road in week 17. If the Patriots beat the Bill, if the Patriots beat the Dolphins, if the Patriots win out and the, and the Bills lose to both the Patriots and the Dolphins, Patriots win the division. Assuming the Bills, assuming the Dolphins beat the Jets, we'll give them that. That's two and two, and you would lose. They would lose the Patriots. That would be uh, two and three. Uh, basically, the Patriots have to win every division game, mm-hmm. and have the uh, Bills lose the remaining two. Which the way the Dolphins are playing in that defense, you give them a half decent shot, even if it is in Buffalo in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not mathematically impossible yet. Now. Am I saying it's going to happen? No. I'm saying it's mathematically still possible. Yep. And honest, and so we're operating on the assumption that New England has to win out or just win out in the division games. I'm not even going with, with the uh, – I, I, I've given up on a wild card. It's division or bust. That's fair. It, it, I, no. There's no way this team can scratch and claw its way. A uh, ten and sixteen will not make the wild card in the, in the AFC. Oh, I agree. I agree for sure. Because I mean, just look at it. You've got. We assume Pittsburgh is going to clinch a playoff spot in the next like two weeks. Mm-hmm. They basically already have. Yeah. So you've got. We assume the Ravens will. The Browns will look halfway good. The Bills are going to be there. The Dolphins are in the mix. Uh, you've got the, the Chiefs, uh, Colts, the Chiefs, the, Chiefs quite the Raiders. Certainly will, um, will, but then again, right? It's all over the place. The Raiders are good. Uh, the Colts are good. The Titans are good. It, it find me a place to finagle into a wild card spot. It ain't there. Exactly. It's division or bust for me. And it's gonna have to come. If it is the division, it's gonna have to come down to week seventeen. That's the only way it's going to have to be because you're going to have to have the Dolphins beat the Bills and you're going to have to beat the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins. And here's the thing. That game, in my, that game against the Dolphins is in Miami, and we know what happens in Miami, especially in December. Yep. It's, it does not it's go well. a good thing. No, and that defense is legit. The Dolphins' defense is legit. And we assume Tua will be starting, and he seems to be playing well. And if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's probably due for one of his great games against the Patriots like he always does late in the yep. year. His two great games a year are both against the Patriots, it seems. So you, we already mentioned the ab- abandoning the run. Uh, there is one person we're going to abandon the run because he won't be there uh, to play in the, that season. Rex Burkhead has indicated he's out for the season. The Patriots have not announced as such, but it is all but assumed he will be. How big a loss is that? I mean, it's massive. I mean, we've we've all seemingly ad- adopted the nickname for him as TD Wex. He's been scoring. He's been a scoring machine this year, especially in the absence of Michelle. Um, granted, he's Michelle's now active and hopefully will be playing in, in the next week or two. But that's still um, it's still a perfect complementation that we're losing there in in Wex. He's he has been absolutely um, critical to any success that the team's had this year. Could not agree more if I tried. Excuse me. Really couldn't agree more if I tried. He, he is – excuse me. He is – don't drink water before the show. <laughs> uh, 
he has been the guy that has really been the catalyst of this entire offense to me. And I don't, and I, I love Damian Harris. I love Cam Newton, but without Rex Burkhead there and having to honor him, I don't think this offense has clicked the way it has in the last few weeks with the exception of Houston. I agree. I, I don't know how you can defend that. You can argue that. I, I agree for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's move on here to the Cardinals preview. I've got a trivia question for you before we get into the actual game preview. What was the starting quarterback matchup the last time the Patriots played the Cardinals? In 2016. 2016. Um, let's see. can't remember when Carson Palmer retired. Was it Carson Palmer? <laughs> I'm not going to give you the answer. You have to get it yourself. Uh, um, I'm, I'm honestly, I cannot think of all any of the name, uh, the names of any of the, the Cardinals quarterbacks. If we, the last one I can remember is Carson Palmer. So I'm going to say Carson Palmer. All right. Who was the Patriots quarterback in 2016? Um, yes. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Correct. Garoppolo versus Carson Palmer. Woohoo. It was it was week one of the of the uh, Brady suspension. Yep. On a Sunday night in Arizona. The Patriots won that game 23-21 when the Cardinals kicker Chandler Catanzaro missed in a, a field goal with 41 seconds left to preserve the Patriots win. So as we go into this game, the Cardinals come in here at six and four. They come off of a loss to the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night football. And they bring with them perhaps the most interesting quarterback coach duo in the NFL, not named Sean Payton, Drew Brees. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the failed, by all intents and purposes, uh, for all intents and purposes, I mean, uh, in the college, has a successful NFL offense with a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and a receiver who is among the greatest of all time and a decent running back quarter boot. This is also the return of Chandler Jones to New England, just for that record. After being traded to the, to the Arizona after like 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. I frankly, I forgot Channel Jones was still on the Cardinals. I thought he was somewhere else for some reason. Same, and I believe he's injured, so he won't be playing in this game. But still, uh, here's my uh, here's here's the question: Is the Patriots being a one point home underdog fair, high, or low? Um, honestly, I I feel like it should be. They should be a a, a greater underdog. Uh, I mean, Arizona's kind of surprised me this year with how well they've been playing. And on the, on the flip note, on the flip side, the you know the Patriots have been on and off. You really don't know how well they're going to do each week, even though you think you have an idea. Um, so I mean, really, with that, for the most part, Arizona's been quite consistent. I mean, they, they lost to Seattle, but I think even then that was a close one and they did beat Seattle earlier in the year. Correct. So, right. So uh, that game was a 28, 21 loss in Seattle. So they've had, no shame in that. they've, they've traded punches with Seattle and um, I mean, they, they've pretty much made, they're making themselves a, a, a statement as to why they, they should be in the playoffs. Um, and really I, I just don't see that, especially now that you've lost um, Buckhead and presumably lost Win for at least a, uh, a couple or for a week or two. I, I didn't see any updates on his injury status, but I can't imagine I he will not. I can't imagine he'll be playing this week. 
No, um, I would think not. Because according to the descriptions, it didn't seem like it was a very comfortable injury. Not that any injury is comfortable, but relatively speaking. Uh, the, they said he was in a heap. Then, yeah, I, I, those are going to be big losses. And um, unless Michelle, which comes in and, you know, Michelle's good at stepping up, of course. You know, he's, he's um, if he's ready to be back and playing, then he's, he's going to have to be ready to probably get the him and Harris be, um, you know, big workhorses should they lean on the run. And frankly, I'm not convinced they understand that they've got such a good running game. I Even if you don't, that's Kyler Murray. He's a playmaking machine. Mm-hmm. I don't want him touching the ball. I want to say, I'm going to go into this the same way everyone else went against Brady and couldn't do it to beat the Patriots. Keep him off the field. That's my entire game plan. Keep the opposing offense off the field and make that defense beat me. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. That they're good, but I don't know if they've run down their throat they can do much about it. I genuinely don't. And yeah, that seems kind of obvious, but sometimes the obvious works. Yep. Here's how the Cardinals got to six and four. They started off uh, two and one. With two and one, they beat San Francisco. They beat Washington. They lost to Detroit. They lost to Carolina. They beat the Jets. They beat the Cowboys, which isn't saying much this year. They beat the Seahawks. They beat. They lost to the Dolphins. Beat the Bills. They beat the Bills on that Hail Mary. What is they're calling it the Hail Murray? And then they lost to Seattle. Their main schedule is at the Patriots, home to the Rams, at the Giants, home to the Eagles, home to the uh, 49ers, and then at the Rams to finish up. So they've played some good teams, and they've beaten some good teams. Their best win is the win against Seattle, by far. Mm -hmm. And you can say against the Bills, sure, but the Seahawks are better than the Bills. Even though the Bills beat the Seahawks pretty thoroughly, the Bills are still an inferior team. So their best win is against Seattle, but they've also lost to the Lions, where you go, wait, what? They lost to the Panthers, which are, who are playing fairly competitive football, but they're still not a great team. This is an average team that's, that's pulled out a few wins, but the Patriots are above are an average team that has not pulled out the wins. So it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. See Buffalo. Exactly. See Denver. See last week. So I think that one, I'm fine with it. If it had been four, I would have been fine with it. Anything less than a touchdown, I'm fine. Because I don't know if there's a whole lot separating these teams, despite the two games this we're seeing in the record. Can't disagree there. Prediction, sir. Um, I'm pretty, honestly, I'm, I believe that Arizona is going to pull out the victory. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to actually give a score today. I'm going to say 27-24 Arizona. It's actually what I was thinking you were gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm like I'm gonna stick my head out here. Twenty four to twenty Patriots. I think the defense is enough to quell Kyler Murray and keep him somewhat in check because they're even if you've got Gilmore back, which you should, there was no new injury. But I think the defense learned how to play with Gilmore again. As crazy as that sounds, it is an adjustment when you get someone like him back. Yeah, and you've gotten into a groove after losing him for two for a few weeks. I think the defense finally steps up. A little bit embarrassed from last week, and they come out and make a statement to a certain extent. And I think the Patriots pulled out. I don't know that it really it doesn't do anything for me right now in terms of the division because, like I said, it's division or bust for me. 
But a win is a win, and you take it and you move on. You move on to – I don't even know who they're playing. I think they're, I think we're getting time for the uh, uh, L.A. double dip. We got to go play in L.A. twice. Let me look at the schedule here real quick. Or as Jerry Jones is fond of saying, schedule. <laughs> Work. Can you find the schedule? Because my computer is is not uh, click is not loading the uh, thing. Uh, Wait, that, here we go. Uh, Got it. Do, yep. Got it. Uh, so Arizona, Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, did double dip. Yep. So you'll play them next Sunday, and then you'll play on a Thursday. Sunday against the Chargers, which is no easy task now, uh, with Justin Herbert playing the way he is. Then you go to the Rams playing in the same building four days later. That yep. should be interesting. Before you before you get Very. the uh, final three games in the division to end the season. That's that. Let's move on to college football. And the big news, we were preparing for the annual uh, rear-end kicking delivered by Oklahoma every year, in which we feel our entire optimistic WDU selves pulled out from under to the very last second. Uh, <laughs> that will not happen this week. It will happen in two weeks. Because Oklahoma has shut down uh, activities in the football program and the men's basketball program as well, uh, secondary to that point. But it, West Virginia had done a very good job, whether it was on their own accord or not, for the most part, of staying out of the uh, COVID headlines until now. It's not their fault. It's Oklahoma's fault. But it finally made its way to Morgantown in some form or fashion, this COVID situation that is, for lack of a better word, engulfed college football the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. It finally ha- when 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 you the one that told me, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, when you saw that news, your reaction was. Um, I mean, I was like, frankly, I was just like, damn it, you know. I, even though, even though I always expect an Oklahoma Oklahoma to just beat West Virginia uh, every single time and generally handily. It's always an exciting game because Oklahoma was supposed to come in at number 11 and it was supposed to be under the lights. And, you know, it, it, you still get some excitement that for some reason in, in my head, I'm always like, maybe, maybe this is the year they get the first win against Oklahoma. Maybe. Just maybe. Um, and it was supposed to be the top, uh, the top two defenses in the Big 12, as most of us would say. That's not saying too much. However, WVU still in the top of the nation, uh, like top five. It's like a like hundred yard discrepancy between us and Oklahoma. Yeah. So For, uh, I mean, it's like, you can say it's top all you want and you're not technically wrong, but yeah, that's one and then like five. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's still a bummer. Cause it's like, I, I, I'm always ready for games. Now, granted, I probably wouldn't have been able to watch this whole game because it was supposed to start like 7.30 or 8 o'clock, but I would have got to watch at least a little bit of it uh, since I work on Sunday mornings. But I was still excited to, to start seeing some more. You know, I always get excited to watch football because that's the one thing I do get to consistently do on the weekends. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Oklahoma had some, some positive tests and then they said, nope, okay, not playing. Excuse me. We know West Virginia has never beaten Oklahoma as a member of the Big 12 Conference. What is their all-time record against Oklahoma? All-time. Let's see. 
they've been in the Big Twelve since twenty twelve, right? Yes. Yeah. So So there's what eight straight losses right there. Right. Um, um, all time. I mean, so of of. Sorry, go ahead. And we know about the uh, the Fiesta Bowl. Yep. So there's one in eight right off the bat, at least. Uh, I don't know how many other times they've played. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna just assume two, or like four other plays. So I'm just gonna say three and ten. All time. You're close. Two and ten. The mm. other win was the 1982 West Virginia went into number nine Oklahoma September 11, 1982, and promptly won 41-27 in Norman. That was also the game in which I believe the quarterback was a man named Jeff Hostetler. You may know who he is. I am familiar with that name. Yes, that I believe that was his first start in Morgantown or as at WVU. Hmm. Uh, fun fact, Oklahoma has never not been ranked when they have played West Virginia. Interesting. Every time West Virginia has played Oklahoma, they've been ranked in some form. The lowest rank, last number 16 in 2013 when West Virginia went out and lost 16-7 to in Norman. Uh, the uh, West Virginia has been ranked five times when they have played Oklahoma, and they have won one of those games, the Fiesta Bowl. Excuse me. I'm getting all this stuff in case you want it from WVUStats.com. It is the uh, official, I believe, the official uh, statistic website of West Virginia University Athletics. Uh, and also, if you're just like me, you're a stats geek and find the most interesting stuff, the most random stuff interesting, it's a perfect place for you. I love it. <laughs> I've actually got some stuff when we go to our next topic here uh, in the not uh, too distant future, which we're going to do right now. So, uh, while we wait to see, no, I've got one more thing Go on football here. In this unexpected bye week, what would you want West Virginia to focus on before they go to Iowa State? I, I think they really do need to focus on uh, how to contain, um, what's his name, Spencer Rat- Ratlow? Yes. That's his last name? Yeah, but let's not get past Iowa State first. They got a good team. They're also actually top of the big twelve. Um, oh, yeah, they. I actually don't know much about what how. All I know is Iowa State's one loss in the conference. I don't know much about like their gameplay. Let's. I'll, let's I'll have up. to look at I mean, the film on them. I don't know a whole lot about them either. I've watched them. I yeah. think this season, but I didn't take a whole lot from it. I know they have the leading rusher in the in the country. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's definitely something you gotta. That play- Oh, they. That's right. Brock Purdy. They've still got. Oh yeah, I forgot about and, him. He's good. And 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 Hall. I, if I remember correctly, Hall was still there last year, and he tore the defense up last year, if I remember correctly. That sounds right. West Virginia versus Iowa State football. It's being played next week. We know that. Mm-hmm. We're really well aware of that. I didn't... Uh, I'm on the 2019 game. Come on. You know what? I'm just going to do this. Simple. Let's see here. Opponents. All opponents. Go down all the way here. Go ahead. I mean, they're definitely a rushing team for sure. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but 
Hall has 15 rushing touchdowns of the team's 22. Well, there you go. And then uh, yes, he Brock had, Purdy is 13 passing touchdowns. Reese Hall had 137 yards on 26 carries last year. He had a he had three touchdowns and averaged 5.1 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's basically going to be two of the top running backs in the country duking it out. With two decent quarterbacks as well. Yep. It's going – this, it, it, it's it's lining up. You look at it, and it just seems like it's going to be one of those classic high-scoring Big 12 games. It might not be through the Yale, but it's going to be – it seems like it's going to be high-scoring. It definitely I, – I tend to agree there. This is very interesting. You know who they say is the uh, – was the starting quarterback last year? I don't, I don't remember it for WVU. Who? Jack Allison. Last year? Uh-huh. Let's see what it has. 18 to 24, uh, one interception, one touchdown, 140 yards through the air. Has Austin Kendall going one of one for nine yards. I, for Why some reason, think that's mem- been slipped. I think that's been switched. Why don't I remember Jack Allison? St- that, I mean, that's, yeah, if that was switched. Because, yeah, I don't remember Jack Allison doing much of anything last year except for when he came in throwing an interception uh, in, in, in the season entirely. If he came in, you pretty much could guarantee an interception. And the game was basically over anyway. Because, well, yeah, you can't go around throwing INTs. Yeah, West Virginia <laughs> lost that game 38-24, 38-14. And let's see if we can – yeah, he did start that game. Jack Allison, uh, ESPN has it that way too. Hmm. So I, don't, uh, I honestly do not remember Jack Allison touching the field at all, unless it was to throw a garbage time interception. That, uh, and, and, Austin, at any point, well, I think the that was the game Austin Kendall got injured. That very well could be. That very well could be. I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to go back and rewatch the game. But yeah, that that caught me by surprise. We need to improve our memory. We need to take some of those like memory uh, tests and do all that. Because obviously we're slipping. Seems like it. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Here, here's here's a uh, here's a question for you again because I can do it and I have no qualms about doing it. What is West Virginia's all-time record against Iowa State? Hmm. That is a good question. And by the way, since I, remember this, since I remember this website now, I'm going to quiz you like this every week now. <laughs> I think it. I think, I think, in the conference, Iowa. I, I feel like Iowa State owns the record since we've been in the conference. There has never been a non-conference game played between the two. So if it's going to be it's going okay, to be a Big Twelve game. Gotcha. I'm going to say. Uh, WVU has three wins and Iowa State has five because they've I, I, no sorry it's nine they've met nine times no it, it's no eight. it's eight times I've got the I've got my heels fight okay yep yeah so I'm gonna say three and five reverse that five and three ah West Virginia won in 2012 20, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, and and it's 15 16 17 they lost 2018 when they ran, came in number six in the country. And fell apart on their face. And then last year when Iowa State just basically came in here and did whatever the hell they wanted to against WVU last year. Yeah. Because they were just the better team last year. 
Interestingly enough, West Virginia has a better record on the road in Ames than they do at home in Morgantown. Three and one versus two and two. Huh. So if you're going to beat them, you're going to beat them at their place. Seems like it. Let's go do that again next week. Let's see the... And they're playing today. Ooh, off... They're playing today against Texas down in Austin, too. Ooh. Looking at the points, oh, the, the team stats here. It doesn't show the rankings in terms of like where they stand in the country, but um, uh, Iowa State averages about four points. Oh, exactly. No, sorry, five points more per game, and but they allow almost six points more per game defensively. So seventeen point eight versus twenty three. Um, total yards are almost even offensively. Um, and yards allowed, West Virginia is allowing s- about 60 yards fewer per game. Hmm. So it's, I mean, quite even, I mean, e- excluding the, the defense. But even then, with how high-powered those offenses are, those defensive totals might not mean anything. <laughs> right. I, 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 we'll get, we'll preview this game more next week because it's obviously next week's game and we'll learn more about it. I'll dig in some film probably on Iowa State in some form. Uh, but I, I, it, I think the bye week comes in here at a good time because that's a good team. And I didn't want to go there after potentially losing to OU and then I, I, that, that could have – the season could have spiraled what little season there was left, could have spiraled from then on forward if you lose in embarrassing fashion on Saturday night, which thankfully they won't get a chance to do that. And you know what I'm glad for? I'm glad for the seniors to get a home game to end the season. And there'll be some fans there. It won't be a packed house, but it'll be something. And I always enjoy something. Yep. Let's move on. To, that'd be nice. Let's move on to basketball, who, as we record this in 15 minutes, plays Western Kentucky in the championship game of the Bad Boy Moas crossover classic. And I have a correction to issue from last week. I asked how the tournament got uh, put together. It was, originally called, it was originally the Battle for Atlantis, which is played in the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. That, because of the obvious travel uh, challenges and restrictions due to COVID, that tournament was moved to South Dakota, renamed, got a new sponsor, and then everyone basically bailed out except for, except for WVU. Mm-hmm. VCU, who they beat yesterday, Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, to make it to this thing, was added to the field the day before the thing started. Wow, they replaced. I forgot who they replaced, but they did. But they replaced someone, obviously. Uh, so yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is very interesting. So two wins from two for WVU this season. Uh, and what I was really impressed with was that uh, I don't believe Sheboy had a great game on Wednesday night. He had himself a good game last night. It's actually his birthday today too. Uh, so happy birthday to Oscar Sheboy. Uh, but WVU has got two from two. Uh, and here's a fun fact about Western Kentucky and West Virginia. This is the fifth all-time meeting. Your series is tied 2-2, and every game has been played on a neutral court. They have never played on campus in either school. Huh. That's to me, is fascinating. And again, that's things that was like, this the random stuff, but you know what? I don't care. I like random stuff. <laughs> random stuff is fun. Yeah. So we have a chance to cut down the nets in uh, South Dakota at uh, Sioux Falls at the uh, – I forgot what they're calling the – they called the building they're playing in. But it looked like a nice gym. They really did. Had like a Boston Celtics old kind of wooden style floor. 
I mean, it's all wood, mm. but it looked like it was an, like an older style gym. It looked kind of nice uh, for a place in South Dakota, no disrespect, but you know what? It's South Dakota. They probably know it's coming by now. Uh, disrespect is not that uh, uh, uncommon, I would, I would assume. <laughs> the team is called the Jackrabbits, okay? You gotta know something's coming. <laughs> so, not the biggest thing to talk about because you didn't get a chance to watch any of the basketball games and you said you're going to mm-hmm. plan on watching this one. Uh, which, if that's the case, we gotta get going. But <laughs> you know what? Such is, such is, such is. So, when I'll, I'll ask you one thing 2 0, how do you feel about that? What are you looking for the rest of this uh, thing before we get to the big news about uh, the tournament next week? Oh, I mean, it's a, it's exciting. You know, we were talking about how the team needed to 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 take that fire they had from coming off this at uh, of an unexpected end of the season, beating the fourth ranked team in the nation, and um, then finding out that that season was over just like that. Like everyone's seasons are done, and uh, they they seemingly took that fire. From what I understand, they didn't give up the lead at all. Uh, against VCU, they were pretty handedly, you know, they were commanding that game. Admittedly, I was in and out of the room with doing stuff for cleaning up after uh, dinner, but I don't remember seeing them lose a lead at all. I think what they started off holding uh, from the article I was reading on the summary, they started off, they held, held VCU scoreless for like six or seven minutes straight or something like that. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Those are the those are the things that WVU has come to be known for in terms of, of playing is defense. Like they, uh, the really good defense for the most part, um, at least over the last few years. That's basically if there was anything in positive that anybody said, and they don't say too many positive things about WVU ever. It seems it's that those defense, uh, that defense was is something to be uh, scared of. Right. You mentioned that toughness. John Rothstein, Rothstein of uh, CBS Sports always tweets us when West Virginia gets a big win. He did it last night. West Virginia basketball, tougher than a long weekend at your in-laws. Yep, that seems like that hasn't changed for a few years. Nope. <laughs> he started out, he started out that with the, after the emergence of Press Virginia, and he's kept going with it because yep. it's still true. <laughs> You're saying with your soon to be in law, so you can't comment on that, but uh, it, is still, <laughs> it is still tough. You mentioned being number four. They're going to get a good chance to beat number one next week because Gonzaga will be uh, the opponent waiting in the Jimmy V Classic next week. So Tennessee had to drop out of this tournament due to uh, pausing all team activities after an outbreak in their program uh, or contact tracing. I forget what exactly happened, but the point is they dropped out. West Virginia jumped in to the Jimmy V Classic, which is an event put on by ESPN, usually held in Madison Square Garden, but isn't this year because New York just won't let people in uh, to do that. Indianapolis said, come right on in. And uh, so, yeah, big chance to get a big win against them. If they win this tournament, which is is a shell of what it used to be, uh, and then you go in and you beat number one in the country, they're all at 15. You're looking at a top 10 team to start the season out. If you somehow oh, manage to beat number one, now they took Gonzaga beat up Kansas pretty much. They they beat them by a significant amount. I think it was like sixteen points. And we know how mm-hmm. good Kansas always is. That that's going to be a tough game, but you know what? If you pull it out, you got something here. 
Exactly. I mean, if you if you even like come and 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 show that you're fighting and lose, it's still going to be some some good news because I mean, this is the number one team. I mean, they're always, from what I can recall, and I don't follow college basketball as closely, um, but I mean, Gonzaga is always in the headlines and always in the in the the top, you know, the top of the team, uh, the, the cream of the crop is what I'm yes. looking for here. Um, so it's it's a team. It's going to be fun to 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 see it played. I, yeah, I agree with you. That game will be Wednesday. And here's the thing about that. I I think really that Mark Few, the Gonzaga head coach, and Bob Huggins are the two best head coaches in college basketball, never to win a national championship. We. See, it's a it's a weird thing that WVU always gets stuck with. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It kind of is. That's <laughs> kind of how it is. But it's one of those things where, if you're looking at it, you're going, "Well, who's not won a national championship?" Okay, Huggins has been doing it forever. Hasn't won a championship. Fourth winningest coach all time. Hadn't won or active coach all time. Hadn't won a championship. And then you go, "Okay, well, you're great." Fun fact. Mm-hmm. West Virginia is 0-4 against Gonzaga, and every game has come since 2012. They played twice in the 2012 season. Was, well, no. Yeah, they did. So they played March 15, 2012, and lost in Pittsburgh, WDU did, in the NCAA tournament. They played again the, that November, and West Virginia lost 84-50. They played in December 2013, West Virginia lost in the Coliseum, uh, 80, 80 to 76. I don't remember that game being played, but you know what? So be it. Then they played uh, in 2017, and West Virginia lost 61-58 when they were ranked number 13. Gonzaga was ranked number 2. So you've never beaten them ever, and you played them twice in a neutral four, and you haven't won. Mm-hmm. You went to their place in, 20, in November 2012. So I guess that was a home-and-home home. you had against Gonzaga. Either way, though, It'll be an opportunity to get a first big first win over them, and it would be at the I would be the best win of the season so far in the sport if you be, if you get the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it's gonna be a high ranked game. You know, WVU's in top twenty five, and you know Gonzaga's obviously number one. So they're fifteenth right now. Is West Virginia? Mm-hmm. Let's move on to a debate that I want to have after we after you and I discussed it the other day. We're talking about Cincinnati making their way up to number seven in the country. They had their game against Temple canceled uh, after, I presume, an outbreak in the Temple uh, program. I don't remember it happened in Cincinnati. But that now sets up something very interesting. Cincinnati, of course, number seven in the country, outsider for the playoff, is set to play Tulsa probably twice in two weeks, because, or three weeks. They have a game uh, next week. They make up game against Tulsa, or excuse me, in two weeks, in the 12th. And then presumably the American Athletic Conference Championship game against that same Tulsa team the next week. So here's my – and everyone freaks out. That's why the Big 12, when they made this new scheduling, when they brought back the conference championship game, moved Bedlam off of the last week of the season so they wouldn't have Oklahoma State, Oklahoma on two straight weeks. Everyone flips out when they have that. I have no problem with the team playing two weeks. As far as I'm concerned, it makes it more fun. Because let's say Tulsa beats Cincinnati uh, – the previous that in that first game, sure it ends their chances of making the playoff. But you know what it does? It, it adds the whole, it adds the immediate revenge factor. 
and it also adds the drama mm-hmm. of the game of can Tulsa do it again? I have no problem with that. I don't know why people freak out when they think about two teams playing cons- in consecutive weeks. I don't know why that's a problem. I, it doesn't make any much sense to me either. I mean, we we in I don't know too many times it happens in basketball, for example, but I know in the NFL there will. There are times where I I can recall where you've played one team two weeks later turned around and went and played them at their home field, you know that's just how the the randoms not random schedule. Oh, I it's guess, not it's not random. Mostly random, most but um uh, how that works out and no one seems to complain about that. So why why is making it one week closer and hence you know being back to back actually really a problem? It's it's not. You're playing football. You're playing basketball. You're playing the sports. It's, it's just going out and playing another game. It's not. That's Plus, the it thing. adds it's like the, everyone. It, exactly. <laughs> it's not. That's the thing. It's like everyone freaks out when they do yeah. it, and it's like, guys, I, I know. Like, do we want? It's just that loss to just sit there and fester for a week, or do you want the immediate factor of you beat me last week? I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna make you pay for it this yeah. week. That seems like an obvious question. Mm-hmm. To me. I mean, we don't seem to have the problem that I'm aware of of people complaining that any team plays twice in a season. You know, like so why do we why do we care if they play back to back or three weeks later? Or- at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season. I don't really see why it matters. I mean, we've had teams play in the regular season, LSU and Alabama in 2012, and turn right back around and play in the championship game, and the other team wins. LSU beat them in the regular season. Alabama turns around and beats them in the championship for the, for the national title. And, um, you know, we'll have Texas, what, two years ago, beats Oklahoma in the regular season comes back and meets Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, and Oklahoma gets revenge. So these revenge factors are going to be a potential um, no matter what. And and, and frankly, if you have the the next week to come back and say, all right, let's get a week and and see what we can do better to win this game or to make sure we win again, um, I I don't frankly see why it's a problem. It it makes no sense to me. You you made a great point. If I'm playing someone in like week, if I'm playing someone in early October, like Texas and Oklahoma usually play sometime in October. When I go around and play in early Mm -hmm. December in the Big 12 championship game, or in this case, mid-December, if Texas somehow pulls it out and makes it, uh, why do I care? I don't. I love that, as, as a matter of fact, because I'm like, hey, Oklahoma-Texas, Big 12 title game. Oklahoma beat him. Can Ellinger get his revenge? But, you know, it's like, but if they played in, you know, in the last week of the season, everyone would be flipping out, and I don't really understand why. I, I don't, we, we're forgetting the instant drama. It holds, and here's the thing. It's still the same team going out there and going out there and playing. It's not like you've changed the team. It, it just... Mm-hmm. What about all the times that I can't imagine? I can't remember something which happened before, but I'm sure it's happened. I just don't remember it or don't know it. Let's talk about it in basketball. What if a team plays in the last game of the regular season, then turns around and plays that same team with the conference champion in a conference tournament first game? Is there a problem there? Why is there a problem with it in football? Nope. I mean, really, think about 
if West Virginia and Oklahoma play the last game of the regular season in uh, in uh, basketball in Morgantown, and they turn right back around and go to Kansas City and play it again, you know what we're thinking about? We're thinking about how cool it is we get a chance to go 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 at it right again. Why is mm-hmm. why do in football do we bring every alarm in the building? Exactly. I mean, it's it's it comes down to you're playing a, a, a game no matter what. So literally, why does it matter who you're playing against? If you're Cincinnati and you're pretty much clocked, you know, you know, punched your ticket into that title game, why does it matter who you're and playing thing, against? They don't care. Week? They will just line exactly. up and say, whoever we're going to play, we're going to beat them. That's how they are. And that's how yep. every program is. P- players and coaches do not care. It's people around the, pro- around the sport that care. And I don't know why we do. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's you're getting football and you're probably getting another exciting game. If the game that they just played was exciting, you're probably getting another one. And even if the game you did played wasn't exciting, there's maybe a chance that that other team who possibly got blew out, somehow that sparks a fire and you have a a, a back and forth heavy hitting game the next week. You, you it, don't know. But that's that's why it's even more fun because you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, even if you think you do. And that's the beauty of college exactly. football. Ain't that the truth? I've put together two of my last three weeks on my uh, college football website, Cutchberry College Football. Uh, have uh, I've picked games? I've been five hundred or worse, and I'm usually pretty good at picking stuff. I ain't so good now. Mm-hmm. You know what? Here's the thing, though. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen. No one does. This could have been the season West Virginia beats Oklahoma. And we're going to find out in two weeks. But it very well could be. We just don't know it yet. Alabama could, could lose to Auburn tomorrow without Nick Saban on the sideline. North Carolina mm-hmm. could beat Notre Dame today. No one knows what's going to happen in, in this sport, and that's what makes it so fun. It's, it's a sport that not as much as its basketball counterpart was built on upsets, but it still thrives on it. Enjoy it. Exactly. This is a sport we all love. It's a sport we all cherish. It's a sport that means so much to so many. Why complain about it? The only thing to complain yeah. about is when Alabama beats up on Southeast Cream Puff State before playing Auburn. That I mm-hmm. kind of don't like to see. I understand why Southeast Cream Puff State took the game. But I also i am like, okay, guys, I, I get it. When you're Alabama and you play three Southeast Cream Puff states a season, yeah, that gets annoying. Like every team gets their guaranteed Cream Puff team, quote unquote. You know, and sometimes they Michigan. get upset by that team, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but but Alabama gets two or three a year, and I I just don't understand. I don't understand. This, a separate point. We can get into this <laughs> later, probably when we get to the off season. But this is a point yep. where. <laughs> or I should say this is the non-playing season. There is no off-season anymore. It's the non-playing season. It, it gets to the thing where if the FB, if the FCS and on down, Division Two, and Division Three, move to the spring, we eliminate Alabama playing those Southeast Queen Tough states, and we make them go get mm-hmm. a good team. You know how much better that makes mm-hmm. the sport? If we make an SEC school, instead of doing one Power Five game, 
make them go get someone else, or at least a good group of five, like a Cincinnati, like a BYU, mm-hmm. like a Marshall. Like, even if you beat the game, I yep. have, I even need to win the game. I just want to see you go out and schedule a team that has had a winning record over the past four years. Exactly. Like, it gets quite old seeing Alabama put 60 points on a team who has no business playing Alabama. And I don't want to disrespect FCS players. They're good players. Times a year. But they're not going to beat exactly. Alabama. They're just not. You, there are yeah, SEC exactly. teams that can't You, you need that. a magic wand and some... Yep. Uh, oh, while I'm looking at it, uh, uh, Texas is currently up on Iowa State, mm. 13-10. Uh, but Iowa State's looking to try to at least tie it before the the half. It's like thirty seconds in the half. I uh, just popped that up to see what that was looking at. Like so, they've got a, a close. And here's one now. the thing: we talk. I, I talk about the uh, FCS moving to the to the spring. We're going to get a chance to see that in the spring. I think the first FCS spring season game is like the last weekend of February. I think is the first week of that season. Uh, so we'll get a chance to see that. But here's the thing. We've seen what happens with non-FCS games being played in the SEC this year. It's an all-conference affair in the SEC this year. Ten games in the conference. You play every team in the division, and, and then you play a crossover game, actually, two. No, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, wait, four. Yeah, there's seven in each division. So you're playing four crossover games. And you know what it's done? It's made the SEC really interesting because you got A&M number five in the country. They lost to Bama by 28, and they beat Florida, who then beat Georgia, who lost Bama by a whole lot. So yeah. it's fun. It, we're seeing what the sport looks like without the FCS. And, and you know what? The FCS schools need that money, but if they get their own TV deals because they're playing in the spring and don't have to compete with the Power Five every for TV viewing every, every week, it benefits everyone, including you mm-hmm. as a fan, because it makes – it makes exactly. How many times have we sat there and like Labor Day weekend? Oh man, we're excited to see college football, and it's a sixty-five point blowout at halftime. It's like I'm sorry, this is mm-hmm. not interesting. Every I, time, can I get a good game, please? And I don't yep. want the West Virginia one. I mean, that, that whole weekend. Invested in it. Yep. Exactly. <sighs> we're solving we're solving problems over here. We are solving the sports problems. <laughs> Listen to get, pay, hey, pay hey, us to solve N- them. Come hey, on. NCAA, Come we have ideas. Listen to this kid in West Virginia. Yes, we, we do. We have ideas. He's yes. got a master's, and <laughs> I love the sport. We are smart people. We're <sighs> <laughs> smart people who uh, who have run out of topics for today. Is what we are. We are out of topics for discussion today. We will be back next week with a preview of West Virginia Iowa State, a review of a review of the basketball action, uh, presume, hopefully following one of our number one Gonzaga, uh, and the review of the Patriots uh, and the uh, the Cardinals. We're going to have to do a double dip of uh, previews next week. Chargers and Rams. Yep. Yeah, we will. We're going to. Ha- we're gonna have three games. Yep, that is true. Over the course of over the course of how long we do this show, this should be fun. Mm-hmm. It should be fun. I'm doing a John Gruden <laughs> face right now, so it looks like I'm an idiot. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> Here's an interesting fact for you: the uh, uh, Chiefs beat the Raiders last night. Uh, not last night, last week in the. Uh, 
in the last two minutes of the game. That was the first time Mahomes had led a game-winning drive in the last two minutes of the game in his career. Isn't that wow. insane? I mean, that that definitely tells you something about how how good that team is. We forgot something. I have an omission. We did not discuss it. The outbreak in the Ravens organization. Ah, that's right. I that's have a right. feeling that game against Steelers will not take place on Sunday. I've I've got a really good. Income. So do I. I mean, you know, I, I have a hard time believing the NFL is going to let a, a Lamar Jackson versus Big Ben game with the high state with with seemingly the stakes are high there, especially because the the Steelers are what the only undefeated team yes. in the in the in the league right now, right? And the Ravens so, need this game to yeah, stay in the I have a hard time believing they're going to let... Stay within a shouting distance. Yeah. I've, and now, this because I always forget, who is RG3. the backup for Lamar Jackson? Ah, yeah, see, that's not a game yeah, you want to watch. I like RG3, but you're right. Against the Steelers, he'll get killed. <laughs> I think he's good. He's not Lamar Jackson by any means. Otherwise, he'd be starting. But he's not He's not as bad as I think people mm-hmm. are making, out, making him out to be. Now I think at this point it was he he came in, did a little bit and fizzled out quickly and now pretty it's just much like, he's who? he's the he's the one hit one that still puts out an album even though no one listens to it. <laughs> exactly. You know what this might be, and we're gonna get we're gonna keep going because I have we did I did honestly forget to bring this up when we got so caught up in the Patriots, but you know what this might be, the kick up the backside the NFL needs to create a week eighteen. In the schedule, because we're seeing COVID start to reemerge as a problem for the league. We're seeing it in uh, the Browns have shut down their facility for multiple days this week. The Ravens, we all know, have had the mm-hmm. game against Steelers moved off of last night's game, uh, at late game to Sunday at one fifteen. For now, uh, I, I I said this back in like September. The page, the NFL needed to create a week eighteen to move all postponed games to. This might be what actually happens. And you know what? It's very simple. Cut the bye between the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. And the Pro Bowl was only going, is going to be virtual this year. They're not actually playing the game. So I don't need the bye week anyway. Yeah, so... Just, just move... Exactly. Put a week 18 in the schedule after week 17 to play postponed games. Move the wild card round back. Move the division round back. Move the AFC champ and the conference championship game back. And then go out into the Super Bowl. There's no need for a bye week. And up until recently, like in 2000, whatever, it was a very recent occurrence. There was no bye week in the Super Bowl before the before the conference championship game. You went down there and you played the game. It's a relatively new invention. You still have the game when it's supposed to be played. You still have that game in Tampa. Nothing changes. There's just no bye week. And you know what? Here's the thing. I know it's going to suck for the two teams playing in it, but you know what? So be it. If you're going to have the season the way you want it to be, there's no option here. Because there's no bi-week flexibility. It's either you play the game on Sunday or you postpone it or you don't play it. Those are your only three options. Exactly. I don't think I can argue that at all. (laughs) Because the NFL doesn't move for anything. They would rather... They would rather have this game, at least in my mind, and I'm not trying to, to speak out of the NFL, just my opinion. The NFL, to me, would be 
fine if the Ravens got their rear ends kicked but the game went on. I, I don't really understand why. But you know what? Again, what do I know? What do I know? I'm just the kid that wrote an open letter <laughs> to Roger Goodell that I did not read on this show because, quite frankly, it's on my phone and I'm recording on my phone. So, no, uh, I forgot to type it up into my Google when I wrote it, uh, which is I'm looking at my Google Doc right now with the rundown. But anyway, the point is this. I forgot to bring it out uh, when I wrote it back in September after the Patriots-Broncos game was postponed. We had all that mess. It's – and I get it. The NFL wants to give the – illusion of normalcy and I respect that I genuinely do but at some point you have to go to say normal we have to adjust and I don't know about you but if I know I've got Lamar Jackson out for this week and maybe more I want Lamar Jackson and Big Ben to go up against each other and I want that game in prime time Uh, it wouldn't be in prime time now it would be at 1 o'clock but I still want that game in front of a national audience I want that game in week 18. I agree. And there's already a plan for this anyway. It's already a plan for this anyway. The NFL has contingency plans to move the Super Bowl back if they have to. They have the autonomy to do that. If you have the autonomy to do that, mm-hmm. why not just go ahead and do it? You might not need it, but if you do, if you don't need it, you need it, it's there. If you don't need it, it's an extra buy for everyone. Why is that a problem? It's Honestly, not a, I have no idea. Here's the thing. The number one seed only gets a bye this week but under the new playoff format. The other six teams have to play. If I know I'm if I'm not going into a playoff game, and I'm looking at if I'm looking at a playoff bubble like the NFL was looking at a bubble for the playoffs, why don't I want an extra week to get everyone tested before I go to that bubble? Get everything settled that way and then start that bubble. Why don't I want another week to figure that out? I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I have no idea. But again, what do we know? That's our show. <laughs> and it might be our last thing on the NFL. Excuse me for defamation. Uh, but uh, we'll see. I hope they don't. <laughs> but, you know, I, I did speak badly about the NFL. I didn't really mean to. I didn't mean – I'm not trying to def- defame the NFL. That's not my point. My point is I have an opinion and I have the right to express it. And I want to uh, speak how I feel. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, support it and I, still question it. I'm still it. watching the game on Sunday. The Patriots game is not on TV here. I'm if that Steelers Ravens game goes on, I'm still watching that game. Why? Because I want to see how RG3 does with that beat up Ravens team against the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna watch whatever four o'clock game is on. I'm still watching the night game. I'm gonna watch football all Sunday. It's not gonna change. I just I I have. Serious problems with some things that are being done by the league and by individuals. And, and you know what? Exactly. Guys, use the brain God gave you, okay? Use the brain God gave you. <laughs> I feel like we don't sometimes, and we really need to. Exactly. We better stop before I go on a rant that takes us another hour. Oh boy. <laughs> For Darren, this has been scientific coaching number 29. We're right on the edge of 30. We're about to drop off like a running back. 
<laughs> oh boy. 29 to these down. 29 down. Here we yep. go. For, Lucas, yep. for Darren and Lucas. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody. <laughs>